0: Good stuff. If you did just see that slide, um, you can find today's notes on the Bible app. So you can go there to the live section and follow along there today. Hopefully, that has been helpful to you. Uh, We've changed that so that it should be up all week long, too, just for if anybody's had any questions. Um, There's other ways to access that after that. If you need help with that, let me know and I'll help you with that. So, Um, hey, let's pray real quick before we jump in today's message. Father, I just pray, Lord, uh, right now as we dive into your word. Father, I just pray that it would be your Holy Spirit that speaks to us. Your word is truth. Your word gives us faith. And Father, I just pray right now, Lord, that you just direct our hearts towards what you're saying to each one of us. To what you're saying in this moment. Father, I pray that you help us to have ears that are ready to listen to have hearts that are softened and ready to be shaped by you. God, we thank you for that. Lord, we love you, and we praise you. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 All right. Well, so we've been talking uh, for the past couple weeks about why Saturday, why we're moving to Saturdays, and uh, what... That means for us as a campus, and ultimately, what is that going to mean for us as a church? And so, uh, you know, our Newport News campus meets on Saturday nights. Our Williamsburg campus is moving to Saturday nights starting September 5th, and so we're super excited about that. And then um, our Southside campus, which will be launching in January, is going to be on Saturday nights. And so we are officially, in September, going to be a Saturday night church, so what does this mean for us and what does that look like? And that's what we've been talking about. And uh, before I do that, I do. there's one other thing I was supposed to say before I jumped into this um, is that on uh, the 30th, so August 30th, which will be our last Sunday here at the YMCA, uh, we're going to mix things up a little bit, right? Um, we already like doing things a little different as it is as a church. And so we're going to just continue with that and have fun. And uh, on, on Sunday morning on the 30th, we're going to come here to the YMCA, we're going to pray we're gonna worship, and then we're gonna have a pool party. Alright, so that's what we're going to do on the 30th, and so I'm super excited about it. Um, we're just going to have fun, so we're going to have the pool open, we're going to have some cornhole going on, we're going to have some games going on here in the gym, and uh, if you want to, we're going to have some donuts out there, we're going to have some orange juice, and we're going to have some coffee going, and if you want to bring some type of a breakfast food or a brunch food, you bring it on, we're going to have fun and just hang out and celebrate all that God has done for us here at the YMCA, and pray and believe for all that He's going to do as We move into the Methodist Church. So I couldn't think of a better way to do it other than that. So hopefully you're looking forward to that. It's gonna be a lot of fun and uh, we would love for you to be here on that day. Uh, I would encourage you, I know we're gonna be having fun and I know it's gonna be a little different. It could be easy like, man, I don't know if I'm gonna swim so it might just be nicer to sleep in or whatever else. You're gonna have a lot of Sundays to sleep in from here on out, right? And I'm just telling you the Bible's big on us coming together as a community, right? coming together, feasting together, and celebrating together, and praying together, and so that's what that day is going to be about. It's not just about having fun. It's about building community and believing God for the things that he has for us, so be here on the 30th. Invite people. If you haven't seen somebody in a long time, they're like, I'm just waiting for Saturday nights to come so we can just go ahead and do that. I started a little early Just, say, you don't want to miss this day. It's going to be a lot of fun, all right? And t- they don't even have to help with teardown afterwards, all right? So, um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. So that's the 30th. So why, why, why Saturday? What are we doing? Well, the reason that we're moving to Saturdays is, is, is practically it's something that God has just aligned and orchestrated for us um, in, in, in Williamsburg That has not been a reality in the past. It wasn't us forcing it. It wasn't us trying to create something. It literally was God going before us and where we thought that it was a no, God was actually creating a yes and we weren't even looking for it. And those are fun moments to step into, right? So as a church, what we're looking for, why are we moving to Saturday is is that we want to solidify the narrative of our mission and give us a clear distinctive. What are we supposed to be doing as a church? What are we supposed to be saying as a church? And how are we supposed to be helping people do that? And so the things that we feel like we're supposed to be saying is, is that we want to have a kingdom focus. We want to have a kingdom mindset that we believe that God's given us a clear and distinct, unique calling as a church to help foster unity in local churches wherever we are. So wherever we plan a campus, where we currently have campuses, now Williamsburg is going to be in line with that. The Southside campus has already been planning for that. All three campuses are now going to be in alignment that we are working with other churches. We're encouraging other churches to work together. We're going to be going out into our communities with other churches. We're going to be serving alongside other churches. We want to be a church that is fostering churches working together. That, that was Jesus' prayer for us. That was his call for us. In John chapter 17, Father, you have sent me and I am in you. And, and so as I am in you and you are in me, and we're going to talk about this verse in a little bit, so I want them to be together. I want them to be in unity. I want them to know you. And in that way that the world will know that Jesus is sent, that Jesus is our Savior, that Jesus is real, that the truth of what we talk about is real because of how we love each other, how we're unified together. That's his prayer for us. And so we want to have a kingdom focus. We want to be actively reaching. And we talked about that a little bit last week. And we're going to talk a little bit more about it today. And lastly, what we'll talk about next week is is that we want to create room for rest. So those are the three things that we're focused on, that we're unified together as a church and that we're helping the church in our communities be further unified and that we're actively reaching people in that, that it's not just us coming up with a creative way of doing church, but its intent is to reach people that need Jesus Christ. And as we're reaching people in our culture, we see and understand that people do not have room for rest in their lives. That we have overwhelmed ourselves with work and extracurricular activities and expectations and all of these things. And we are wearing ourselves plain out and we have nothing left in our tank to start Monday with. And so we go into Monday just just empty and somehow we push through and barrel through and we just collapse into the weekend just to do it all again. Man, that's not what God wants us to do. He doesn't want us to take time to rest from our Sabbath you know, or from our week and to say, oh, I'm so glad that it's over. He wants us to be energized and charged up to ready to charge into the week ahead. Right? And so that's what we're going to be doing and, and talking about next week. And I'm jumping into that sermon a little early. So let's deal with one that's in front of us. All right? So, um, I don't know about you guys, so fall's here. And so for that, it means buying school supplies right, and buying clothes for your kids and doing all that stuff. And so uh, it, it's been so funny. We were planning to do it in a couple weeks, you know, just to kind of a week or two just start getting all that stuff going. And, uh, and so Braden, he's just been like for, I don't know, almost two weeks now, something like that. He's just been kind of just walking around. And when he's walking around, sometimes it's real small. So it's just kind of like this, but he's just been limping. Uh, some days, because he's just drama, uh, when he's walking, he's just like, you know and he's just like literally walking like this and we're like dude what is wrong with you he's like I don't know it's just growing pains you know and it's just I'm just getting bigger and my legs just hurt because they're growing you know they're stretching and he's got all these things that he's talking about and so he's just walking around and we're in Walmart walking behind him laughing at him you know because he's just like you know just walking like this and and so we're just sitting there just going on and then finally like it was literally last week sometime I think right before they went to uh they stayed with my parents last week so right before they went to their house and so we're sitting there we're just talking with Braden and and we just think to check and we look and the dude's feet are like this inside of his shoe Like, he's just, like, outgrown his shoes, and literally he's just, like, jamming his just gigantor feet into these little shoes, and he's just, like, walking like this, right? And so he's compensating for how his toes feel while he's walking, you know? And so we're just like, dude, why didn't you tell us that you need new shoes? He's like, well, because you just bought these, and I feel bad, and I don't want you to spend the money. And I'm like, you're sweet, but dude... You need shoes, you know? I was like, you've got to tell us, you know? And he's just like, well, I, I just didn't know. I've never really had to, to go through this. I'm like, yeah, because you're 10, right? Like, we, we, we assume at this point that you can use the, the words in your mouth and use the brain in your head to say, my feet hurt. You know, like that's what we're kind of expecting. In the past, we've just always like, you know, just randomly as we're putting your shoes on, felt your toes, and we've just taken care of that for you. You're getting older. You're gonna have to start doing this stuff yourself. You know, he's like, "Oh, okay, so I can tell you." We're like, "Yes, you can tell us, and please do, because I don't want to walk through Walmart looking like that anymore." All right, like, 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 I was worried there for you for a little bit, you know. And so, so the other night we were we were out uh, with Michelle and I. Uh, like I said, the kids were at my mom's. Dads, uh, which is just awesome, such a new blessing in our life. And so we just dumped the kids off. And then we were on uh, Wednesday, we were sitting there, we just looked at each other, like, What do you want to do? We we're like, Sit here and quiet, <laughs> <laughs> go on a date, like, What do you want to do? And so we ended up, we uh, just decided just to go walking on the outlets because it was such a beautiful night. And so we were just walking around, just kind of come up with a game plan of what we might do for the school clothes and all that stuff. And, and so when we're in there, we went to the Nike outlet and they ended up having this ridiculous sale on these pair of shoes. Like, they're normally like these $50 pair of shoes. And, like, for that weekend, they had them on sale for $20. And so I was like, dude, they're pretty cool. So I FaceTimed Braden, and I was like, what do you think? And he's like, they're awesome. And he's, like, going crazy, you know. And so I'm like, great. So we got him the shoes. But the only problem was is when we got off the phone, and before even then, we looked at it, and we're like, they're high tops, Right? And we know our son, and so Michelle and I both, without even saying anything, we just looked at each other and we knew what each other was saying, right? Are you parents, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just know you could see the future, right, in your head. You know, I know what's going to happen when my 10-year-old son tries to put this shoe on his foot. Like, I know the drama that's gonna happen. I know all of the frustration that's gonna happen. I can hear the words, see his face, and I can see the tears even right now as I just hold the shoe, right? Because I don't know what the deal is, but putting a shoe on his foot has gotta be the most difficult thing in the world for him to do, right? So we're sitting there just like, oh my goodness. So we're like, maybe he's moved past that, maybe he's gone on. And so, you know, we get the shoe, we get home. And um, he gets, you know, to the house a couple days later, and he's all excited. First thing he wants to do is try his shoes on. So he gets the shoes out of the box, and he goes to put the shoes on his feet. And as he's trying to put them on, I can't get them on. <laughs> Why won't they go on? And he's just, like, all mad and frustrated. And he's, like, got it half on his foot, and he's, like, trying to go like this. And we're like, dude, don't ruin the shoe. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You know, and so, like, you're sitting here just, like, all, going through all this stuff and stuff. And we're just laughing because we're like, that's exactly What I pictured in my head. How crazy I can, I'm a fortune teller, right? I knew this was going to happen. And so he's sitting there and he's just so frustrated. And he's just looking at me and I'm looking at him. And I'm thinking, you're 10. Why? Like it's not hard, you know? And he's looking at me and he's sitting there going, he literally said this. He's like, dad, I'm 10. Why can't I put my shoe on? (laughs) I'm like, I don't know, man, I don't know, you know, and I'm just sitting there just talking, you know, and then we ended up working out, and then I showed him how to, you know, again, how <laughs> to loosen his shoe up, how to put it on, and it was awesome because the way that I showed him, he goes, Dad, you're so much better explaining things than Mom is, <laughs> and I was like, I know, you should come to me more often, you know, and so so he gets it but it just got me thinking, like, how many, how many times have you, because I know I've been there, like, how, how many times have you ever just felt like you were just not going as far or as deep into your relationship with God as you wanted to? Like, I mean, have you ever just had those moments when you're just sitting there and you're just like, I feel like I'm so much more capable of, what, uh, of more than what I'm experiencing. I, I feel like there should be so much more going on. I'm sitting there and it's a shoe and I'm 10 and I should just, I should be able to do this. Like, I'm an adult. I've been a follower of Christ for 15 years, and, and it's just prayer. I should be able to do this. Have you ever just felt like that, where you're just like, I, I feel stalled out. I feel a little stag. I feel frustrated because I feel like I should be so much further. I should be so much more along, more developed. I should be more than what I feel like I am right now. Have you ever been in a place like that? Where you're just like, man, I I just don't understand why it is this way. What's going on with me? What is so different that is causing me to not be able to Do the things that I read in scripture or I hear us talk about in church or that I even encourage other people with. Hey, God is going to be there with you. Just keep doing these things and you're going to know that God's there. You're going to feel him. You say all the right stuff and all that stuff and then you walk away and you're like, I can so relate with them and I wish I could understand what's going on in my life. And there's this place where we just need to get where we begin to see that there's something that God wants us to do. Completely different story that I'm going to tie together with this one is. And so many of you know, we just went on vacation. We spent a lot of time in the car, which means I spent a lot of time praying. Praying in the spirit, praying uh, t- preventively, <laughs> praying for repentance. So there was a lot of prayer that happened while we were in the car, But we intentionally, you know, as we were going along, we intentionally made sure that as we were in the car every single day before we even started off on the road that we took time to pray as a family. So every single time before. And and I intentionally, I prayed two things as we were in the car every single time. I made sure that we prayed these two things. God, one, help us to remember that there are three other people in this car. Right? Help us to remember that there are three other people in this car. And God especially helped Rylan to remember that there's three <laughs> other people in this car. The second thing I pray this is help us be a blessing to others everywhere we go. Help us to be a blessing to others everywhere we go. Now, why did I pray those three things specifically? Well, one or two things specifically. Because we were on vacation and everything was different. Right? Everything was different. All of our normals, all of the boundaries, all of, I mean, just. Different. Everything's different. And so, you know, for the kids, it's just like, woohoo, right? I mean, just everything. Because you arrive at Aunt Becca's house, right, and it's 10 o'clock at night, and there's hugs, there's kisses, there's like, hey, look at the donuts I got for you for breakfast in the morning. There's like, look at the special bed I made for you. Like, I mean, it's just like the instant, you know, like, I mean, we're in the car, and they're just driving, and they're bored, and they're like, can I have a bag of gummy bears? Sure can. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's just, everything's just different. Every house we arrive. That. They were given gifts. They were welcomed. They were hugged. They were loved. All of this different stuff. I mean, it was just different. It was big. It was exaggerated. Right. Every time we went somewhere, uh, literally, because we, we just. Hadn't been on vacation in a while. We hadn't seen a lot of people in a while, so we intentionally stopped and stayed with people. And so every time we stay with people, they're like, "Hey, we want to take you out to eat to our favorite restaurant because we know you like to eat. That's part of a problem with being a foodie, right? Everybody wants to feed you all the time and show you the best restaurants. And so, which is not a problem until you start turning, you know, in your mid-thirties and you start losing your metabolism. But anyways, so you know, so we're, you know, sitting there, and so I mean, it's just different. You know what I'm saying? Like they're just getting, they're getting special meals, they're getting special treats. There's things they normally can't do that now they can do. And so all of this stuff, it's just different for them. And I knew that if we continued on this path without some type of a marker for us to look back and say, it's not about me. At some point, World War III was gonna break out in the backseat of my car because one of my children's shoelaces crossed an imaginary line. You know what I'm saying? Like, at some point, something's just going to happen, and there's going to be an explosion, you know, that we're just never going to be able to recover from. And we're going to be like, how did we get here? And I know how we got there. We got there because the truth of the matter is, with my kids, or whether it's us in our spiritual walks with God, no matter what it is, is when we take in more than we give out, we become engrossed with inconsequential things. When we start taking in more and more stuff, and we start, they, they were just getting fat on life. I mean, just experiences, and joys, and gifts, and candy, and ice cream, and you know what I'm saying? Like, Ryland ate more french fries that I think a person should eat in their lifetime, you know? And, and, and it's just all of that stuff. You just take in, take in, take in. it becomes easy in that moment for you to say, it's about me. It's about what I want. And then all of a sudden, because you're focused on yourself, inconsequential things, french fries, or your place in the car, or your place in your job, how people look at you in your home. All of these different things, they start becoming bigger, and they're elevated, and they're disproportionate to the truth and the reality of what you're supposed to be doing in life. They become bigger than they should be because you're focused on yourself. And so when you start taking in all kinds of things and you start, this is me, I'm getting this, and this is for me, and this is to make me happy, this is to make me feel good. You start doing all that stuff, you start getting focused on the wrong things, and we lose our ability to prioritize what is healthy and beneficial. This is how we get into this thing. You know, with kids, we watch them. It's just, have you ever watched a kid eat a piece of candy for the first time? You know, they're just like, this is amazing. I want more. That was just incredible, I want more. You know, they lose their ability to eat and they literally will eat themselves to a point that they throw up. This is what happens to us, how people get addicted to gambling or get addicted to different things. It starts off with, that's interesting. That makes me feel good. And then all of a sudden, it starts replacing what you should be focused on. And that becomes a focus for you. And you need more and more and more and more and more and more. And then all of a sudden, you're lost in your unhealthy place. And it's not beneficial for you. It's not good for you spiritually the same thing begins to happen in our lives is that we find ourselves, uh, spiritually is that we, we spend all of this time in church and we read books and we go to life groups and we listen to podcasts and, you know, and, and we go to conferences and, and we do all of this you know, stuff which are all amazing things and they're all really good stuff that we should be involved in. It's all good stuff that we should partake in. But we sit in our seats and we take all of these things in. We go to conferences and we take all of these things in. We go to this, you know to, to to our different workplaces or our communities and we start Bible studies, you know, and so that we can take stuff in. And so that we go into all these different places. So we're just like, so I, I just need more. I just need more. There's more that I need to know. There's more I need to understand. There's more I need to. And so we just start saying, I need more. I need more. I need more. I need more. And what happens is, is we get to a place instead of actually growing in God, we find ourselves stalling out. We find ourselves frustrated because what's happening, what's taking place there is that you, like Braden, me, like Braden, we've gotten to a place where we've outgrown our current circumstances. We've outgrown our current place. We've outgrown our current stage. And there's moments where we have an opportunity to do something. But instead of doing what is in front of us, we wait. And what happens is, is that when we develop a habit of waiting, instead of doing the things that God calls us to do, giving the opportunities that are in front of us, instead of taking those things head on and say, God, I'm going to do it, no matter how big, no matter how small, what happens is, is that we begin to harm our own spiritual vitality. That we begin to, we actually begin to put water on the fire that God has put on the inside of us. It's because what happens is we're taking stuff in, And we're growing, and we're getting bigger, and we're getting bigger, but we're keeping the same size shoe on. And we're getting frustrated, and we're getting discouraged, and it's unhealthy for us, and it's harmful. It's not beneficial. We're walking around, and we're limping, and we're not running, and we're not thriving. We're not doing the things that God's called us to, and then we get discouraged. And what happens is spiritually is that we get to a place that we just start doing things out of routine. Well, that's what I'm supposed to do. So it just becomes a routine. Or at the very least, then it just becomes something that you're just like kind of involved in, not involved in. You don't really know and you kind of get fickle. You kind of get a little distracted with things and and, and things just become stagnant with you in your life. But we have got to get to a place that we stop and we say, I don't want to live that way. I don't want to be stagnant. I don't want to be discouraged. Like, I want to be full on. Like, I mean, when we read scripture, I mean, come on, at City Life, we talk about it all the time. We, city Life, we, the reason life is in our church name is, is because we talk about this full life that God has called us to. Right? We, we talk about it and we believe that God is doing the miraculous still today in this age. That God can do the miraculous in your life. That you need God to touch your body and be healed. And you, we believe that God could do that. That when you're in a moment of desperation and there's no way that anything can work out, that God can intervene and change that situation right there on the spot. We believe that. But yet at the same time we say, that's not for me, that's for somebody else. How do we get to that place? How do we get to where we are just stagnant and where we're just hanging out and just kind of missing all of these opportunities the reality is, is that when we begin to start taking in more than what we are giving out, we're always going to be in this place because it's the truth. As you look through Scripture, you will see this everywhere. You see this reality is that we cannot have without giving. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, I've got this slide up on the screen. You can see it in your notes on the Bible app. But Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. So we have not stopped praying for you. This is Paul. We have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 prays something very similar and he says this, asking God the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. Philemon chapter 1 verse 6 prays this for Philemon and a few others there. He says this, he says, and I'm praying that you will be put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Let me ask you this question this morning. Do you want to have a complete knowledge of his will and a deeper understanding of every good thing that God has for you? Like this morning, do you want want to have a deeper knowledge of who God is and his will for your life? How many of you this morning would say, yeah, that's me? How many of you, you want to have a deeper understanding of who God is and the good things he has for you? How many of you would say, that's me? That's me right there, right? Okay. How many of you at the same time, when you're reading these things of Paul and he's praying these, you're like, I wish I had Paul praying these prayers for me? Right? I wish I had Paul praying it. I got that ugly dude up front talking right now praying these prayers for me and it's not really working out, right? I'm praying these things for myself. I wanna have an understanding. I wanna have a deeper knowledge. I wanna have this complete, I mean, right here, right? In Colossians, we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will. I mean, that's what Paul's praying. And Paul's praying like, hey, this can happen. I believe this is gonna happen, that you're gonna have a complete knowledge of his will. So we can all be in this place where we say, I want to know that. I want to experience that. But yet we find ourselves more times than not in a place where we say, I don't know what God wants. I don't understand what's going on in my life. I have no complete sense of knowledge of anything right now. I feel like I'm just floating around trying to put a shoe on my foot that I can't figure out. This is what I feel like. What's the missing piece? What's the missing reality? It is simply this. And we can see this as we look at the rich young ruler rich young ruler, you know the story is that he comes to Jesus and he talks to Jesus and says, Hey, what do I have to do to get into heaven? Like, what do I have to? I mean, come on. Tell me right now. I, I, I'm i willing to do everything. And Jesus says, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And then follow me. And as you know, the story, the rich young ruler walks away. In this story, there's a lot of lessons that we can pull out of it. There's a lot of things that can be just signified in that and just kind of just pointed out and there's a lot of things that we can pull from that whole story right there. But I think one of the biggest things that Jesus was pointing out there is, is, listen, you've got all of this wealth and you've been given all of these gifts and if you can't give of those things, how in the world, if you receive something so much more valuable, can you ever think that you're gonna freely give that away? Because you cannot live A full, life-giving, just amazing relationship with the creator of the universe if you're taking in more than you're giving out. See, God has given you life through Jesus Christ. Not so that you can sit there and do and experience him in a special place. But he's given you life so that you can then take that life and give it to somebody else that there is somebody else in this world that needs to know the life that you've been given through Jesus, and he's given you that gift so that you can turn around and give that gift to somebody else. If we go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 4, it says this, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people. Ephesians 1:15. ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere. Philemon 1.4, I always thank my God when I pray for you, Philemon, because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people. Let's go to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. Verses 18 through 21. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world this is Jesus praying for us the church and I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth verse 20 I am praying not only for these disciples but also for what I have it underlined up there for all for what for all who believe for all who will ever believe in me through their message I pray, verse 21, I pray they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and get this, and may they be in us so that the world will what? Believe that you sent me. He's given us this life, and he's been given us, he's given us this gift of Jesus Christ, not so that we could just have, but so that we can give what happens is, is that we get into this place where we feel like I need more of God, I need to experience more of God, I've got to learn a little bit more of God, I've got to do a little bit more here, i got to learn how to be a little bit better Christian, i got to learn how to do this stuff a little bit better, I, I don't even know when, when Pastor Fred starts saying these theological terms, I don't even know what they mean, so I'm not even going to tell anybody about Jesus until I can understand and figure out what in the world transfiguration is, And I, so I'm just not even going to delve into that, and so I'm just going to wait a little bit. And, and we get into this place, and unfortunately, The church, by and large, has encouraged people to wait until they get somewhere to do something. And what happens is, is that you begin to take and take and take. And as you're taking and you're not giving, you're actually harming your spiritual vitality. You're harming the gift that God has given to you to walk by faith and to live by power. That is the life that Jesus has given us, is that we can now know him fully, be known by him fully, and do what he's called us to do. What has he called us to do? To share the gift that he's given us to somebody else that needs that gift. And when we sit there and we take in, instead of giving out, we begin to harm ourselves. We find ourselves stalled out. We find ourselves stagnant. We find ourselves in places where we're not doing the things that seem so simple and so basic. And you're like, why am I struggling with this? Because what you've been called to do is the last thing on your priority list. You're worried about everything else. I'm, I'm just going to tell you this, man. Some of the people that I've seen that are the best at sharing Jesus are the ones that know Very little about actual theological terms and scripture references and all of those things. Some of the people that I've seen that can win people to Christ like nobody's business in the most awkward of situations have some some of the most jacked up stories and have some of the biggest character flaws. It's not about where you have arrived. It's about what God has done in you. And if he's giving you a gift of life, why hold on to it? Share that gift of life. Step into that gift of life. Because when you begin to see the opportunities that God has put in front of you, and you step into that opportunity, guess what? God begins to grow you. And you're not staying in the place that you were. You're stepping into the new place that God has for you. And so you're never going to find yourself walking in shoes that are too small. You're going to keep finding yourself in shoes that are too big. And instead of being overwhelmed by it, you're going to be enthralled by it because you're finding yourself in the place that God says he has for you that he wants for you. We read the scripture that God has and wants to give and do things in our life that are beyond our imagination. Right? Those are some big shoes. i got a very active imagination. I can think of some pretty awesome stuff. Right? And God's saying, I want you, Jamie, to experience and do things that would blow your mind. But I keep putting on the wrong shoe. I keep finding myself in a place saying, I, I don't even know what I'm doing, why I'm in this place. Because yesterday he asked me to tell my neighbor about Jesus. I said, Not yet. Not yet. The other day he asked me to go and to pray for somebody at the store, and I said, that would be awkward. Right? I, I mean, it seems so simple, but I'm just telling you, God's given us the gift of life so that we can share the gift of life. And when you step into that, guess what? All the other stuff begins to make sense. All the other stuff begins to work out because you're not focused on yourself anymore. You're focused on Jesus, the one who gives life and changes and transforms lives. So we're sitting there, God. Why have I been dealing with anger for ten years? Why am I such an angry and bitter and frustrated person? What is my deal? Got to read your scripture, and you tell me that's not the way it should be. And it's like, have you shared the gift that He's given you? Have you expressed and shown that he has changed you, that he has transformed you? Have you stepped into somebody else's world and say, I see what you're dealing with. I see what you're going with. I don't got it all figured out. Maybe we can figure it out together. But I can tell you this. I know in my heart that Jesus has changed my life. Now, I'm not seeing it all played out yet, and I'm not seeing everything perfect, and I can't answer all your questions, but I can answer this question. Jesus has changed my life, and there's absolutely no doubt about it. But the longer we keep that in, the longer we refuse to share that, the more that we hold on to that, the further and further and further and further and further and further further away we're going to get from where God wants us to be. And we're sitting back there trying to do something that's so basic. What is my problem? Because you got an opportunity to share the faith and you refuse to do it. I'm not preaching down to you and saying, come on, people, I'm, I'm telling you, it's like this, and if I could, right, and I had my like, braiding shoes on, all oh, my toes would be pointing back, right, pointing back at me, right, and then I'd ask you all to point at me, right? This is, this is something I'm saying, like, man, I see this in my own life, and I see this in so many people's life in the church. We're sitting there, and we're dealing with a situation that has nothing to do with the reality of where we are. It's just the outcome of what we're refusing to step into, so we've got to get into a place and say, hey, like we talked about last week, I'm going to be what I believe. I'm going to experience what I believe. I believe that Jesus came and died on the cross so that I could be a new person. I believe that, and I believe that he can make you a new person. And I don't know how it's going to work out, and I don't know what it's going to look like, and I don't know if you're going to laugh at me. I don't know what's, going to work, what's even going to happen in this moment, but I believe that, I know that, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to share that right now. That's what God wants us to do, and that's how he wants us to communicate. So I got reasons as why we struggle with evangelism. We'll share those at another point. I'm going to blow you all past those. I am going to share this one though, is that we oftentimes we don't want to offend people. But that's the problem is, is that we've bought into some notion that we're being thoughtful by not bothering others with our faith. Like if if you think, and you believe that Jesus Himself came to this earth so that you and I could be made right with God, so that our lives could be changed through Jesus, why in the world would that be bothersome to share with somebody else? If they choose to reject it, but if you choose to share it, it could change their world and it will change yours. If you were to see one of your children or somebody walking in harm's way, you would scream at the top of your lungs right you wouldn't care what anybody else thought you wouldn't care what else was going on you wouldn't care how people looked at you you wouldn't care where you were at you would scream to save them we've got to get to a place where we understand and we see each person's life that is in our world that God brings into our sphere the same way and so real quickly i'm going to go through how do we better do evangelism i sold this phrase from Tom Rainer, he says this, is that we need to have a proper theology of lostness. He was talking about how we go through life and we just assume and we look, I'm good with Jesus, so everybody else is, and if they don't want to be, then they don't need to be. Jesus, in John chapter 3, verse 17, was sent for a completely different reason. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save The world through him. Either the world needs saving or it doesn't. If the world needs saving and Jesus says, I'm sending you to go do the saving, right? If that's the reality, if that's the truth, then there's something that we should probably be doing. And if we go through and we look at all these things, if I just start sharing my faith and I start doing this stuff, and you start going through life and you look at that person that you work with, instead of saying, what's wrong with them, you look at them and you say, man, they desperately need Jesus I know what Jesus has done in my life and I know what he can do in their life and you start looking at them and say they need Jesus and you start praying that way and you start focusing on that, that conversation to get it to that place, then you have committed yourself to saying, I'm gonna experience what God wants me to do, I'm gonna share the life that he's given me and I'm gonna allow him to do what he needs to do in their life. But I believe it to be true, and I'm looking at things differently. I have this proper understanding that I should have that Jesus came so that people could be saved. And either people need to be saved or they don't. And I believe that they need to be saved, and he's called me to do it. So I'm going to do it. And as you start doing that, guess what? You start focusing on the things that God has for you. You're not focusing on the things that you need to focus on anymore, on your own personal life or, or any of those things you're focused on. And guess what? God starts just taking care of all the other stuff. It's just the way it's supposed to work. It's the way it's supposed to happen. As we start understanding that and we start having this proper theology of lo- lostness, then we begin to develop a compassion and passion to reach the lost. A compassion for lost people and a passion to reach lost people. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35-38, through 38, the message translation says this, Then Jesus made a circuit of all the towns and villages. He taught in their meeting places, reported kingdom news, and healed their diseased bodies. Healed their bruised and hurt lives. When he looked over the crowds, his heart broke. So confused and aimless they were, like sheep with no shepherd. And when you start beginning to understand that people need Jesus Christ, and you start looking at people with the understanding that they need Jesus, God is going to begin to develop you in you a passion for people to come to him, and he's going to give you a compassion for people that you cannot have on your own one that is understanding, one that is sympathetic, one that is empathetic, where you can connect with people and relate with them and help them. So how do you get a proper theology of losses? How do you develop this compassion? How do you develop a passion to, to reach people that need to know Jesus? Through prayer. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11 says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior. Man, when you start praying for people to come to Christ, you start praying for God to use you to reach people, for them to come to Christ, (laughs) it says this is good and it pleases God. We go through all these crazy other efforts and we try to do all this stuff. God, look, I read my Bible today for 20 minutes. God, today I laid on the floor and I cried, you know, in your presence. You know, God, why are these things happening? He's like, great, I've given you an awareness that I'm there with you. I've given you a sense that my presence is with you, that I love you, that I've called you. Go do something with it. Go out, do something with it. It pleases him when we go out and we share, and God is going to begin to work with us, and he's going to begin to help us to grow into the things that he has for us. Verse 4, it pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. You're able to develop a proper theology of lostness and have compassion for people. You're able to develop a passion to reach the lost because it's God's desire that everyone be saved. When you're stepping into a moment to say, hey, will you come to church with me? When you're stepping into a moment and you're saying, hey, can I pray for you? When you're stepping into a moment when you're saying, hey, listen, I, I just, not even that long ago, just the other day, I asked to pray for somebody and they're just like, hey, I, I don't believe in prayer. I don't believe in God. It's like, that's fantastic. I'm not asking you to do anything sit there. (laughs) Can I pray? Right? Just step in. I I believe that God can change your situation. Do you mind if you just humor me and ask? Just Just step into moments and say, God wants them to know Him. And He wants me to know Him on a deeper level. And He's given me a way to know Him on a deeper level. And right now, It's to tell them about Jesus. It's to pray for them. It's to pay for their lunch. It's to do whatever. It's to point to Jesus. That's what he's asked me to do, and that's what I'm going to do. And when we begin to focus on that, when that becomes our direction, when that becomes our passion, then we begin to find ourselves stepping into the things that God has for us instead of wondering why we're doing without We're walking in God's presence and we're walking in his power and his strength. And we're seeing the miraculous take place in our life. We're seeing God's provision in our lives. We're seeing just his Holy Spirit helping us, strengthening us, encouraging us, building us up. We see all of these things happening. Our circumstances aside, we see and just know that we know God. And that's all you need to know is that you know that you know God. And you can know God and you can know his complete will. You can have a deeper understanding. You can walk in the faithfulness of God and the strength of God when you say, God, I understand the life that you've given me is a gift. And this gift that you've given me is one that I'm supposed to give to somebody else. Give me an opportunity today. Give me an opportunity today. So over the next couple weeks, even today, we're going to have some of these opportunities. Today, is we're going out and hanging up door hangers, we're going to give instructions here in just a second about this. We're not asking anybody to knock on doors. We're not asking anybody to do all this different stuff. But if you do happen to talk to somebody, just be you. You don't have to be crazy. You don't have to be, like, deep, right? I, I handed one of the flyers yesterday to a painter. I was like, hey, dude, I'm just inviting people to church, you know, and uh, I would love for you to come out sometime. He's like, great, thanks, and just took it and just started walking off. I didn't chase him down. Right? If that's all that needed to happen in that moment, that's all that needed to happen in that moment. Right? We just got to step into the moments that God gives us. As we get ready to move on Saturday nights, the whole reason we're moving to Saturday nights is so that we can reach people. Do you know how God has called us to reach people? As a church, we're committed. We're going to do door hangers. We're going to do flyers. We're going to do postcards. We're going to do all of these different things. But you know how God's going to reach people? Through us. God's going to reach people through me taking the door hanger out. God's going to reach people when my neighbor gets a postcard and me saying, hey, that's my church. You should come with me. When I've got the invitations in my pocket ready to go and I'm ready and I'm willing to say, hey, here's my church. You got to come. I-, I don't know about you, but it happens to me all the time. I'm at I registers and-, and cashiers just say the most random things to me. Like, I- I'm just like, dude, I don't even know you. And we just got deep, yeah. you know? Is it because I wear a sign or something like that that says, I'm your counselor? No, right? It's because the Holy Spirit has gone before me. And the Holy Spirit is stirring them and their receptiveness and excitement and longing to be connected to Jesus. And he's simultaneously leading me and stirring me to intersect them with God's divine plan and action. Step into that moment. I, I, I need to pray. Why, why do I get so nervous yesterday when I was going to hang out the door hangers? Like, I literally, before the first one walked up the door, I was like, God, why am I nervous right now? Like, I'm the pastor. I should not be nervous, right? This should not be hard. I just told a whole group of people not to be nervous. Why am I nervous? You know? And I just literally was like, What's the deal? And I was like, God, this is either what you want to do and you've already set these things up or it's not. And I'm choosing to believe that you've already done this stuff, that you're already at work. And so when I walk up to a door and the dude's like, "Uh uh-uh, don't hang that on my door. I was like, cool, see you later, dude. You know, when I talked to the painter, I just got all right. Every single time I took a piece of paper and I hung on a door, I said, in the name of Jesus, your will be done. That's all I prayed, nothing crazy, just you do what you're doing, God, Right? Just step into those moments and just say, God, you're preparing. You're doing the work, and you've asked me to be a part of that. Why am I scared of that? I should be excited. And when I'm excited about people coming to Jesus, you know what I'm focused on? The kingdom life. And when I'm focused on the kingdom life, I'm actively reaching people. And guess what? Whether I got Sunday off or not, I'm able to rest in his presence, and I'm able to know the full life that he's promised me in Jesus Christ. The missing Component is the very thing that Jesus came to do was to save and seek the lost. And he said that's what he wants us to do. And we do everything else and we dance around that. And we wonder why we find ourselves in the place that we find ourselves. Let's just flip the switch. Say, God, I'm willing and I'm ready and see what God does. Amen? Father, help us, give us the strength. And the power, God, to pursue you and chase after you. God, help us to know the fullness of life that you have for us. God, help us to be so enthralled and enjoyed by the, the, the life that we have in Jesus, in, in your presence, in the good things that you give us. God, even if they're small right now, God, help us to see them. God, help us to have just a sense of gratitude and gratefulness for the life that you've given us. God, help us to begin to see people the way that you see people. And help us to long for people to come into relationship, to know the goodness that we know in you. God, as we focus on that, as we move into that, God, move us into a new place of vitality and life. God, help us to be in a place where we're walking in power and strength. God, we thank you so much for it. We love you and we praise you. Amen. And amen. Thank you guys so much for being here in five minutes.